This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Today is the first Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany. And so every year on the first Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And we listen to a lesson, a lesson about that actual event, the baptism of Jesus. It is also a day of the year when we offer baptism. And today we're very excited that Daniel is going to be baptized himself right here, marrying his baptism to Jesus's baptism. We will all also renew our own baptismal covenant. And at eight, 9 o'clock and at 8 o'clock, we did the same, thereby marrying all of our baptisms to the baptism of Jesus. Which, if you say that out loud, seems a little grandiose. <laughs> I mean, Jesus baptized, a voice comes out of heaven saying, You are my beloved. In you I am well pleased. And we know, we believe that Jesus is actually the Son of God, the Messiah, the one to bring love into the world, to redeem the world from sin. And as crazy as I am about you, just not sure that's you. <laughs> and I know it's not me. <laughs> so it does feel a little grandiose that we're marrying our baptisms to the baptism of Jesus. So we might dismiss it, maybe. But then we have to think about this a little bit more. We think about the way the Apostle Paul talked about baptism. Paul said that we are buried with Christ in his death and we are raised with Christ in his resurrection due to baptism. He even says that we are baptized into Christ as if Jesus himself is the very waters of baptism. It's kind of a fascinating image, isn't it? To think that when Daniel is baptized in this water that we will have in this font, he's actually being baptized into Jesus. So he is bathed in Christ and becomes one with Christ. And all of you who have been baptized at your own time, whenever that was, maybe it was the Sunday after Epiphany, maybe it was some other time, some glorious story or wonderful thing that happened that day, when you were immersed in Jesus and therefore becoming one with Jesus. So maybe it's not so grandiose at all for us to marry our baptisms to the baptism of Jesus. So to explore that a little further, let's, let's zoom in on the snapshot of what we heard today in the gospel lesson. So I'm making this part up. It's a beautiful afternoon. It's warm enough to baptize someone in the Jordan River. A, a, a small group of people have gathered on the banks of the river. They're listening to John the Baptist declare urgently a baptism for the repentance of sin. Now we zoom in a little closer and we see Jesus make his way through the crowd and step into the river Jordan and walk up to John the Baptist. We zoom in a little bit further and when John the Baptist asked the question you were thinking when you heard this as well and I think wait a minute why is Jesus submitting himself to a baptism for the repentance of sin if Jesus himself is actually sinless. So John asks wait 
shouldn't you be baptizing me, not me baptizing you? And Jesus said, it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. So what is fulfill all righteousness? It is essentially to do what God asks, to please God. And we know this gets confirmed because right after Jesus comes up out of the River Jordan, the water dripping off of him, maybe the sun shining on him, something in the form of a dove comes down and alights upon him, and he hears the voice of God say, You are my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. So we see this direct connection between fulfilling all righteousness and the pleasure of God. God being pleased. So that is true for Jesus, but is that not also true for you when you submit to the waters of baptism? When, you, when we get ready to do the baptismal covenant, Daniel, it is a long bossy document, right? It's a whole lot of rules. It's a whole lot of things we're going to agree to do. We went over them yesterday. It was a lot of things to, that we're going to say we do. That is to fulfill all righteousness, to please God. Now, we do hit a wall here, and it doesn't take very long, because if we think that in order to please God, we must fulfill all righteousness, well, it's just a matter of time till the wheels are going to come off of that. Because we finally can't fulfill all righteousness. We can't always please God. So there must be more to this than just that. So I want to reference my brother-in-law, Jim Somerville, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia, a New Testament scholar himself. In a sermon he preached on this text a few years ago, he said there are three ways, actually, to render this phrase that the NRSV that we heard today says, calls, um, in whom I am well pleased. And the first is what I just described. I am well pleased because you are doing what I ask. I am proud of you. Much like a parent would say to a child who did what they were asked to do. I am pleased. So on the one hand, that is what Jesus is doing. It is what we are all called to do as well. But we acknowledge that works righteousness as the New Testament, content, as the New Testament writes over and over. And as we know in our own lives, finally comes to a screeching halt. We can never actually accomplish all the things that will keep God pleased with us. But there is another way to speak of this as it was rendered into English. Another translation might be, this is my beloved son in whom I delight. Isn't that just lovely? This is my son in whom I delight. And if that's the case, it's not based on anything Jesus does. Because in the story up to this point, Jesus hasn't done anything that we know his ministry is about to begin. He just is. And God delights in the fact that Jesus is and that Jesus stepped into the water that day. I mean, it's not much different, is it, than when you first had your children, if you happen to have children, or the way we all treat little children. You know, we, we just, we have three, Chris and I have three, and you just would watch them sleep. They're not doing anything. They're just sleeping, and yet your heart is a flutter, and you're just delighted 
to be in the presence of this baby. Then they become toddlers and then they want to wrestle and they want to make believe and they want to do all the things. And as they grow up, we continue to just simply delight in the fact that they're alive and that they happen to be in our lives. And our three are adopted, as you all know. So it's this kind of magnifies this whole delight. How is this even a thing? And it's delightful. And even when they get to adolescence, when you would just as soon leave their body in a ditch somewhere, <laughs> I can attest to that. If I was not married, I'm sure I would be in prison. Absolutely. <laughs> and yet, still, even in the midst of all that conflict and drama, they walk in the door and your heart flutters. And it is a delight to be around them. And now that mine are all adults, when they've all decided to show up for Christmas, just hear and then come in the house. It is delightful to be in their presence. Have you ever wondered if that's the way God actually feels about you already? Before you've done one single thing. Just the fact that you are delights God. Isn't it lovely to think that God is speaking to you like he spoke to Jesus and said, you are my beloved child in whom I delight. What a beautiful thing. There's one more way to render this very same phrase into English. And it is, you are my beloved whom I have chosen. Now this ties to lots of the biblical stories that come before Jesus. You remember the call of David. David was the youngest brother, the one that was being ignored and neglected, and God chooses him out of the crowd. He says, you are going to be the king. So with Jesus, God has chosen Jesus to be the Savior of the world, to be the Messiah, to be the one who will bring light and love into the world. A very specific choosing. And perhaps the only thing that's different about Jesus and you is the specificity of the choice. God chose Jesus to do these things. God has chosen you to do what? My hunch is you know. You know. You know the way in which God wants you to bear God's love into the world in your own life. So maybe it is an entirely faithful thing, actually, to marry our baptism with Jesus' baptism. And when Jesus comes out of the water to hear your own name claimed. When you come forward to receive communion today, there will be water in this font. We're going to give you plenty of room. Maybe you can come and touch this water and touch yourself with that water and hear the voice of God say, you are my beloved child. In you, 
I am well pleased. You are my beloved child. And you, I delight. You are my beloved, whom I have chosen to bring love into the world. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.